Please listen carefully. And now, live from the aquarium in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions podcast, featuring two guys napping in a Wookiee's lap, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, back in the studio again. Oh, back in person. It feels so weird and awesome. We are continuing our series called Star Wars All-Stars. And today on the podcast, we are moving on to the next part of Star Wars media, somewhat controversial, called the Star Wars Stories. <laughs> we had a problem fitting this into where it fit with the media, but this is how we decided it. Star Wars Stories. They're their own separate thing. So we're just talking basically about the two films that were standalones that didn't have an opening scroll. And so you got Rogue One and you got Solo. Yes. Both Star Wars Stories. Now... Before we get into that, Mikey, let's go over what we've done before, and then I'm going to have a question to ask you about the Star Wars stories. Okay. So what we're doing here with the Star Wars All-Stars is we're building a crew of our favorite kind of secondary-ish Star Wars characters from all different media. So the challenge this time is to go through different Star Wars media, and we've done, what have we done? Books. Video games. TV. TV. And then we, we did the prequels, and we did the original trilogy. Now we're doing the Star Wars stories, and then we're going to do the sequels, and then we're going to pick a ship and a villain, a ship for them to be on, and a villain for them to fight. <laughs> fun, fun. So anyway, Star Wars stories. Mikey, now, Rogue One was fairly well received once it came out. Yes. Originally, a lot of people were like, what are you doing? How can you make a Star Wars movie that's not really a Star Wars movie? What's this Star Wars story thing? But then I think it was liked well enough that people were fine with it. Especially because it was a one shot and it sort of just filled in the gap for Star Wars lore. Yeah. So. And then Solo came out to much controversy and a lot of people didn't like it. And I posit this to you, though. Do you think that if Lucasfilm slash Disney had waited and made Solo and maybe even Rogue One a series on Disney Plus... Do you think it would have been received differently? There is enough lore and story there that you could have done a solo series. And it seems that's what we're getting with the Obi-Wan series, because we know who Obi-Wan is, mm -hmm. you know. So they're fleshing out that story. If you had done that with Han Solo and done more like bounty hunter stuff and Han Solo stuff, probably would have been cool. I think that these two things, if they were... On Disney, they are on Disney Plus now as movies, but I'm saying if they were released on Disney Plus as series, yep. I think they would have been received much better. It would have been a whole different story. And I almost like to pretend that they always just were on Disney Plus. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and there's nothing this well, I don't know how much room they have to do more solo stuff, but there is nothing to say that a Han Solo series can't show up at some point. Yeah. It's just interesting to me because I remember there was so much like I don't think anyone cares anymore, <laughs> but I remember the time there was so much like, oh, I didn't like what was going on with the sequel, so I'm just going to not watch this movie. Yeah, and maybe it's the stigma of Star Wars nerds don't seem to like origin stories or going back in time. Like prequels got a little bit grumpy for people. Han Solo, it's, it was his prequel, so maybe that made people grumpy. But if I remember correctly, when we did our Star Wars ice cream flavor episode, 
uh, I put Rogue One and Solo above the the sequels. So, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we like lots of things, and we're not afraid to say it. <laughs> but I just, it was just interesting to me when I was going through these again and thinking, like, oh, I can watch it on Disney Plus, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, what if this was always on? Disney Plus. There you go. It'd be interesting. Solo is one of the, like, Solo and Rogue One are one of the Star Wars movies that I've gone back to more than the sequels, more than the prequels, probably. So, I mean, they're still a good time. Yeah. All right. So, Mikey is in person now, and he claims that the coin is lost. (laughs) It's in uh, my other pants. It's in a drawer somewhere. But But I'm going to let him go ahead and go first. I'm going to mentally flip it and make sure it's fair and even. Nope, came up mine. Sorry. (laughs) It came up with Han Solo's blaster, which I called. All right, Mikey, what is your number three pick for your all-star from the Star Wars stories? Uh, This is another case of two and three could have flipped. Whether you're a fan of these stories or not, it is all new characters. It's a lot of filling in the gaps and a lot of backstory. So there's a lot of interesting sort of B-list people to pick from. But for me, there's so many awesome actors that they brought into the fold that I'm sort of picking based on actor, but also based on character. But the first one for me is the awesome and the always great Forrest Whitaker playing Saw Gerrera. Oh, yes. Saw Gerrera is from Rogue One, which is the story of Jin Erso, and he essentially is the father figure for Jin Erso. He's the one that rescues her when she's an orphan and protects her and raises her. Um, the reason, like the cool little Star Wars detail, the reason she's an orphan is because her dad was Galen Erso, who was the scientist that developed the Death Star. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh! He was a kyber crystal expert. He is! Oh, and we get kyber crystals in this book. Oh. I love, uh, there's so many little details in Rogue One, which continues to make it awesome, but... I'm wearing my Rogue One pop shirt today. <laughs> I saw it. Is it, wait, it, it, so Jyn Erso's on there, is Saw Gerrera on there somewhere? Oh, I don't see it, but I like it. That's a great shirt. There's a lot going on on this shirt. <laughs> there is. Uh, but Saw Gerrera, the reason I pick him, one, one, it's Forrest Whitaker, which kind of goes without saying, but Forrest Whitaker is an all-time actor. I mean, Ghost Dog, Way the Samurai, all that stuff. I love everything he's been in. And this is sort of a weird turn for him because he's sort of doing the old man gravelly voice like he's old man Forrest Whitaker as opposed to being like the young up-and-coming whippersnapper that is most of his movies. But they give him, he's almost like a Darth Vader good guy. He has that sort of dark-suited armor He's got the plate protecting the side of his head, whereas Darth Vader had, like, the samurai-influenced outfit. Saw Gerrera has, like, the Arthurian knight sort of armor base. Mm -hmm. And then he also has the Darth Vader breathing problem, which is specific to Rogue One because Saw Gerrera shows up in Clones and Rebels. Mm -hmm. He's he's already been known to work with Obi-Wan and Anakin and Captain Rex. But they, I don't think we've gotten the explanation of why he has that breathing problem in Rogue One. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's like a general grievous sort of why does a robot cough? Why does this person have a breathing problem? It's never really explained, but it adds a little charisma to the character. And Forrest Whitaker sells it. But I pick him because he's a he's the father figure. He's the whole reason the story happens. He protects Jin Erso, even though it sort of pains him because he has to hide her in a little like cabinet and then leave her there. And he's like. I did what's best for you. <laughs> I need a breath, but I've always loved you. Forrest Whitaker, crazy eye. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the reason he is third pick is because if you look at the story of Sagarera, he was the leader of the Partisans, and it's a similar group to the Rebels, but more militant and more sort of controversial, more confrontational. 
like the partisans don't really have the moral compass that the rebels do. They're like, we're going to accomplish our goals by any means necessary. Bomb people, kill people. Our way is the best way. So when it comes to a teammate, I don't want somebody that hardcore, <laughs> you know, like I, I like a little moral code in my in my team. You can be a little trickster or you can twist it a little bit. But like the downright evil people, like I have to win at all costs. I'm like, uh, maybe not for my team. So <laughs> that, that's why I saw Guerrero's third pick. But I, I had to shout out Forrest Whitaker because, man, that character's rad just to watch on screen every time he's there. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker was great in that role. And yeah, he does. I'm sure the breathing problems in a comic book or this, I'm sure it's somewhere or something. I don't I don't know. It's hard to, even as a, like, well, our last episode, I did the original trilogy stuff without any notes mm-hmm. because I loved it so much and I was so embedded in it for so many years. But there's so much Star Wars stuff now, and I love Star Wars, and I try to consume all that I can. But, geez, I mean, there's so many, there's, like, comic books and and regular books, and it's hard to keep up with what's going on. Thankfully, Wikipedia will kind of fill in stuff sometimes, but... It, it, Wikipedia for me is like a TV trope, though. You can keep clicking links and just go further down the I rabbit know. hole and be like, "Oh, this happened! Oh, uh, this happened! I know. Wait, what?" I know, and then and then you find out that you had the Legends tab on the whole time, and you're like, <laughs> "None of this applies anymore." But I still love it. It's head cannon. <laughs> oh man, yes, Aguerrera. All right, now my three picks. I could interchange any of them. It was the hardest thing to do because. The thing about the Star Wars stories is that the secondary characters were very well fleshed out in all of them, I think, Mm -hmm. as opposed to in the past where a lot of times it was, like we said, when I picked picked Boba Fett last week and I had to kind of explain to everyone that Boba Fett was just this cool-looking costume, really, and he didn't do much in those movies. Everyone just thought it was awesome. And you had picked Greedo as one of your things, and Greedo Mm -hmm. was the same thing. It was just a cool mask. (laughs) And we didn't get much, but this time, I mean, I think it's kind of the progression of how movies are done uh, and character development is more of a, I don't know, a thought. I don't know what you want. A thought. A consideration. A consideration. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) A consideration. So we get a little more fleshed out characters even within these movies. So any of these three could have gone anywhere, but in no particular order, but a particular order, because I do have to pick one. We're going to start off with my third pick. With the funny four-armed Ardinian pilot from Solo, yes. Rio Durant, voiced by John Favreau and performed by Katie Cartwheel, who that's not her real name. I guess she's some kind of famous British circus performer. But is she like a puppeteer or was she like in the costume sort of thing? She was in the costume. Oh, okay, okay. And apparently she is a circus performer, like a trapeze artist type, classic old school flying Wendela type circus performer well known in england but not over here but hey she's in that costume um and of course john favreau does the voice back when john favreau was just kind of sticking his toe into star wars yeah this is pre-mandalorian pre-him sort yeah. of sitting at the table yeah it is so as like i said rio durant is an ardinian uh which i think they were introduced for solo they're like four-armed kind of monkey looking guys yep He's a comic relief character in this. He's he's a good-natured guy. He's always given Han Solo all kinds of crap because Solo shows up. He's part of Beckett's gang. Yes. Um, he's the pilot. He's the wheel man, really, because this is kind of a heist movie. It's set up as like they're doing that fun thing where they take a 
like a modern film genre and just Star Warsified it. Yeah, put a skin over it. Be like, it's yeah. a heist movie, but it's Star Wars heist movie. Exactly. So you got Beckett's heist gang, and he's got the weapons person, and you know, and the wheelman, and Rio Durant's the wheelman. So he's a great pilot. And when Solo shows up, Solo has piloting skills, and he feels kind of challenged by him. So he figures he needs to knock the guy down a peg but he has some of the best lines and one of our favorite lines is <laughs> when he sees Chewbacca for the first time he's like is that a Wookiee <laughs> he's like have you ever taken a nap in a Wookiee's lap it's the best sleep of your life it's just great that's why we have it in our intro yeah. we love that line yes <laughs> I mean it, it, hilarious John Favreau look I can't think of anything he's done that I don't like Nope, he, he's got a pretty solid track record, both behind, in front of and behind the camera. Yeah, I mean, even that Chef movie, for I mean, it was greatness. Even that Chef TV show, just him sitting yeah. around talking with his friends. It's like, this is why is this such a good time? It's super, that show is super greatness because you get to see, he reveals so much stuff from behind the scenes of things that he was doing at the time they were filming it, that it's, it's amazing. I love him goofing around with the Marvel guys and having Tom Holland tell stories and... He seems like one of us for as much as he's like a big yeah, head at Disney no. now. He seems like a nerd that's like, oh, tell me everything you know, because yeah. I love all this stuff. Yes, he does very much. He's quickly establishing himself on the Mount Rushmore of assuming positions nerd heroes. There you go. We're going to have uh, a whole bunch of heads on that one, though. It's going to be like eight heads on our, our Mount have, Nerd more. Yeah, we don't have to pick four. <laughs> that's just what America does. That's it. We can have more than four because it's our podcast. <laughs> it's our mountain. We're carving it ourselves. <laughs> But yeah, he's the character is there for comic relief. I love how when he's revealed there on that mud planet and they have him all kind of covered up so he can't tell he has four arms, but his pants start falling down. So <laughs> oh, that's right. Solo yeah, sees yeah. him like pull up his pants with a like a there's like a third arm that shows up and he's like, what the heck? But it comes out like the back yeah. of his jacket. And you're like, <laughs> wait a second. You're like, Are, is there two kids in there on top of each other at first? <laughs> you know. Two kids in a trench coat trying to get into a, a, an adult movie. But there's so many good lines. When when Han Solo's talking about Kira, his girlfriend, back on Corellia, he's like, does she have sharp teeth? Because <laughs> I guess that's attractive to his race of aliens. That's what pushes his buttons. Absolutely. Yeah. But ultimately, he's kind of fodder for the story because, spoiler they're trying to do their big train job mm -hmm. where they're stealing like the hyperspace fuel, which is new. We find out there's hyperspace fuel, but that kind of makes sense. As was some people's big problem with the solo movie of all the problems was like hyperspace fuel. You've never talked about there being hyperspace fuel before. And it's like, come on, man. It's a piece of lore. It fits into the logic. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a MacGuffin, sure. But of course, what what one shot doesn't have a MacGuffin? I, I mean, come on. This is the difference again. We always talk about the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> yep. It's, this is Star Wars is loosey goosey. It's space fantasies. There's wizards in it. Come on, man. It's the closest you get to Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. So the, the the game master or dungeon master in this case is just making stuff up sometimes just so he can progress his story. Whereas Star Trek is over there, and I'm not making fun of it. There's a whole, but it's a different side of the nerd brain. Star yep. Trek. They like literally the this, those engines on the back of the ship are configured that way for a reason for going into that. Everything's figured out in that show. Logical. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of have to like with Star Wars, everybody, if you really want to enjoy Star Wars, just sit back, put the popcorn in your lap 
and just tell me a story, Daddy. Enjoy the space magic. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the space magic. <laughs> so anyway, they're going after the the train with that and that whole train sequence is awesome in that movie. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to do the train job and Rio's flying the ship. And then Emphis Nest and her swoop gang pirates show up and one of them boards the ship. And even though he's trying to fly and shoot the guy at the same time, he ultimately gets shot. Yep. And then that leads to Han Solo having to take over the flying and proving that he can handle himself, which allows him to be in the gang. But unfortunately, Solo proving himself comes at the cost of Rio's life. But you're giving him, like I did this with a couple characters in previous episodes, because you're giving him a shout out here, you're sort of redeeming him and bringing him back yes, to life. exactly. That's what I'm doing. So Rio Durant, you'd be fun to have piloting a ship, but I already got Wedge flying, and I also <laughs> um, picked Shriv, and he's a pilot too, so I got a pilot and a co-pilot on my ship happening already. Yeah, you can't have too many battles for, for superiority or yeah. number one spot. But Rio Durant, for being a four-armed alien, that's such a great like space western name, it's like... Uh oh! Look out! It's the it's the bounty hunter Rio Duran. I know. Yeah, and he's got a scowl on his face. But that's a great pick because it leads into my second pick. Rio Durant was the member of the crew, like you were saying, that was led by Tobias Beckett. Ah. And so, spoiler alert! No. <laughs> and so, my second pick. Spoiler! Spoiler for what's going to happen in a minute. Pay attention. Ten <laughs> seconds. Here we go. Spoiler. Tobias Beckett is my second pick, played by Woody Harrelson. We're just trying to get you drunk because our producer, Not Scott, says we say spoiler alert so much it should become a drinking game. And we have to mention it, so we're doing you a favor. <laughs> but Tobias Beckett is from Solo. He is the leader of the gang that's part of the Crimson Dawn, led by Dryden Voss, Paul Bettany, who is in consideration because of my love of Paul Bettany, but he's a bad guy, so maybe later? We'll see how it goes. Ooh, foreshadowing. But Woody Harrelson, uh, this is another, like I was saying, with Forrest Whitaker. I love the actor. I've loved Woody since Cheers. He's, he was what, Cheers is one of my favorite sitcoms ever, and he was one of the best characters in it. So every time Woody Harrelson shows up in, like, a zombie land or a kingpin, like, he always does these sort of, like, oh, you want me in your movie? Okay, sounds fun. I'll do it. And, this, and Solo seems like one of those. But he also plays the coolest character. He's Han Solo's mentor. Everything Han Solo knows, he learned from Tobias Beckett. Mm-hmm. Even uh, the blaster that Han Solo uses, he got from Tobias Beckett. Here's an interesting story we were talking about, uh, Wikipedia and all the lore. I didn't know that Tobias Beckett was given a one-shot comic book. And speaking of Rio Durant, like one of his big heists, one of his coolest moves that Tobias Beckett did was he dressed up as a death priest, which is one of the, like, it sort of predates Sith, but it's a dark force user. But because this is in an era when Jedi aren't super known, uh, he got away with it because people are like, oh, no, I've heard about the Force, but I don't know, like, what's real and what's not. And so the whole con was he uh, Tobias dressed up as a death priest, goes into a bar and Force chokes Rio Durant. Oh. Yeah. But Rio's like, I'm choking, but it's all an act. <laughs> and so oh, it's just that's the kind of bounty hunter he is. He sets up, he knows the game, he sets up the con, he knows what he needs to do to get the job done. The reason Tobias Beckett is second pick is because he's a man that think like like a Han Solo, a solo bounty hunter, womp womp. Uh, he's always <laughs> looking out for himself. He's always looking out for number one. So there's been numerous instances where Tobias Beckett will sacrifice the job or sacrifice the goods just to make sure that he, maybe his team, but mostly himself, can get away to get hired for another job. But it's Woody Harrelson, like, for every time he teaches Alden, uh, what's his name? I can never pronounce it right. Alden Ironreich? That guy. 
<laughs> Every time he teases him less, and he's just like, look, kid, I've been here before. This is what you need to do. And he's like, oh, okay, I believe it, because you seem like that kind of scoundrel, and that seems like it's been proven with life experience. So Woody Harrelson just brings so much charisma to that role, and I had to pick him out. And then this is another example of a character that dies. Spoiler alert. Take a shot. So I'm, re- I'm redeeming him. I'm bringing Woody Harrelson back because I thought they did him dirty. The best line was, it was the fall that killed her. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it, oh, there's, it, they, it's a character in lore that he pushes off a cliff. Isn't and he gets it Aura Singh? Aura Singh, that's right. Yeah. And, and Lando Calrissian calls him out. He's like, you killed Aura Singh? He's like, technically, I just pushed her. It was the fall that killed her. It's, uh, that's a, like a Han Solo mentality, bounty hunter mentality. I love it. I'm not sure that they did him dirty, though, because the whole point was that Han had to take him out. Yeah, I mean, because he was, he did become a bad guy, and he did sort of double, not double cross, but like, you know, he wasn't true to the team, so. They're also kind of trying to do a Han shot first thing. Yep. To, oh, oh, to oh. try and. Yep. A repeat of the theme. Yeah. And to try to reestablish that. No, we think that he should have. But Greedo shot first. We talked about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Han, Han shot first. So Tobias Beckett, Woody Harrelson, number two. He, he's a little too dastardly. Like Saw Gerrera is a little too militant, so. I have an awesome one for number one, and he blows those two out of the water. No. <laughs> Man, we've been rolling on Solo a lot, and I'm about to roll on Solo some more. Oh, it's so good. And here's the nemesis of your Tobias Beckett. I am choosing the very cool-looking character. This is a very much like a Boba Fett-type thing mm-hmm. where you're like, well, that character's cool-looking. I am choosing as my second pick... Enfys Nest. Oh, so good. Played wonderfully by the now typecast Aaron Kellerman, who is obviously only allowed to play people rebelling against something. <laughs> okay, so I was about to <laughs> and, look it up. wearing a mask. So I was about to look it up, but it sounds like you already know. Is she the Flag Smasher from Falcon and Winter yeah, Soldier? Yeah, that's her. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Aaron Kellerman's the same actress. Oh, and it's <laughs> it's just funny to me. It's like... Pretty much the same character, sort of. Yeah. She's got that innocent look where she could, like, maybe pass by in society, but she also has a little bit of glint of evil or rebelliousness in her eyes. Yeah. It's more rebelliousness in in both cases, really. But we won't get to Falcon Winter Soldier talk yet. We will. That's going to be the next thing we do after this series. Yes. Trust us. Anyway. Yes, emphasis. Man, so we start just... It's kind of... I love how they build it up in Solo where they almost kind of make you worried about Emphasis Nest before Emphasis Nest ever shows up because they talk about Emphasis Nest a lot. Yeah. Beckett's not a big fan because always ruining his plans. And even Rio talks about not wanting to have to deal with Emphasis Nest. And how cool is it that this is one of our first word You saw it in the video games. You read about it in books. Sometimes you saw it in comic books. But swoop gangs mm-hmm. uh, or have been a thing in Star Wars for the longest time. We get to see swoop bikes in the prequels, but... We don't really get to see any swoop gangs. And this is like an actual swoop gang. And they have like a aircraft carrier thing that carries around their swoop bikes with them. And it's 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 like a flying garage, portable <laughs> biker garage. <laughs> so yeah. convenient and awesome. So there's these swoop bikers who are going around and doing what because they're a gang, so they're doing kind of criminal element stuff. But again, we're under the thumb of the Empire here. So criminals are often freedom fighters in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because the Empire is bad. So Emphis Nest is a, uh, she has a band of pirates and they are also a burgeoning rebel group, but their big nemesis is Crimson Dawn, the huge crime syndicate. And Beckett 
basically works for Crimson Dawn, sort of. He's kind of a contractor, I yeah, guess. They pay good money, so that's so, who he's with at the moment. Yeah, so they keep bumping into each other. Her game's called the Cloud Riders, which is wow. That's that's awesome. Star Wars Skywalkers, Cloud Riders. Yeah. Yes. And the the cool thing is when FSNS shows up, you don't know if it's a male, female, you other alien because she wears this cool like pseudo Mandalorian. It looks like a primitive Mandalorian costume almost. Like if if you're gonna say like this is what ancient Mandalorian armor looked like back in the times when they were building pyramids on Mandalore. Like, I don't know. No, I'm with you. But, it's got that Aztec sort of Mayan like headdress yeah. vibe to it as well. It's so cool, and it does actually have Beskar on it. The oh, uh, she okay. she has like these the things on her arms, the kind of feather looking things on her arms. Mm-hmm. Apparently, are made of Beskar, Ooh. and she can fan them out to use it as like a Wonder Woman blaster blocker. <laughs> I guess that's in comic books, but we find that out later. But still, that's awesome. It's part of the cool thing. So, she's one of the antagonists in the in Solo. She's go, help going after the uh, hyperspace field, the coaxium, and she's the one who uh, messes them up when they're trying to do the train heist to get the coaxium. Ends up getting destroyed, and she kind of pushes the plot along and the whole turn of Solo of his first choice to be good or bad and. When she reveals that, she, you know, hey, I'm this kid and I'm actually my mom was Emphis Nest and I've inherited the mantle of Emphis Nest. Yeah. It's like a Dread Pirate Roberts type of thing <laughs> going on. And her people have been badly affected by the Empire, badly affected by Crimson Dawn. They're like cutting people's tongues out and yep. doing all this crazy stuff. So she's just trying to make right what has been wronged, we find out. And we get to see her in combat with those. She's got like repulsors on her legs and stuff, and the cool s- staff. Yeah, the cool like, the, yeah, the the tribal spear. Like, yeah. this is my scepter. Yeah, this is my scepter yes. for the for the helm of uh, Emphasness. It's called an electro ripper staff. An electro ripper staff. Yes. Okay, even cooler. I, I call know, it the right? scepter, but that's way better. Right. And one of the things I found in doing research behind the scenes here. The character was actually inspired by Maisie Williams, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Oh, nice! So they were like, they're like, we need a innocent-looking female who actually is very scary and can kick your butt. The best kind of character. <laughs> and ultimately, she ends up surviving. She actually the the spoiler alert. Take more shots. <laughs> Solo ends up like deciding to give her the coaxium that they have left, and she actually takes it too. Your original pick, Saw Gerrera, yes, to uh, use in the rebellion because, or his rebellion. Yeah, because she's aligned with him. Yeah, they're, they're more so than Crimson Dawn because they're the partisans and they're like her, where they're trying to just because they've been wrong so many times. Yeah. It's like we're gonna make it right. Yeah. So there, I guess there's a uh, whole. I, I don't know if it's in a comic book or a book. I'm not sure because Wikipedia, you have to click on the little footnote, and I didn't click on the footnote. But apparently, there's a she meets young Jin Erso. Oh, fun. Okay. So we're mixing the uh, our two Star Wars stories together here. <laughs> but Emphis Ness, super cool character, could have easily been my number one. Easily been my number one. But you'll see my number one is someone we love. So, <laughs> But before I get to my number one, Mikey needs to do his number one. And here it comes. But oh, Emphis Ness, such a great pick, such a cool character design. Yeah, I love it just on the visual alone. So I couldn't go with the the super militant guy. I couldn't go with the super mercenary guy. But I am still picking an actor that just brought everything to the role. And I am picking Donnie Yen, Kung Fu legend, playing Chirrut Imwe. So good. Switching tracks to Rogue One because... uh, yes, He's he's on my shirt. 
Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, you can tell he's blind because he, uh, all the other Funko Pops have black eyes and he's got white eyes. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but he is blind. Uh, if you go, if we're just going on terms of old D and D tropes or old just RPG tropes, it's blind warrior monk, which is old school kung fu that's just that's a trope that i will always enjoy because it's so fun he relies on his spiritualness he relies on his senses and usually the force. i am one with the force and the force is with me that is true at imway's whole motto and that's just it just fills out the character i love that trope i love that style but the reason he's a monk is because he's one of the guardian of the wills and what the wills is i learned this in my research that was the original name for the force like, mm-hmm. instead of calling it the force, they called it, like, your will, you know? Will you go to the dark side? Will you go to the light side? What what wills you, or what wills do you have? But the guardians of the wills were in charge of the kyber crystals, like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. And this is, at least for me, Rogue One was the first mention of kyber crystals. Because I, I, I'm not, like I said, I haven't read too many Star Wars books, mm-hmm. and I think the kyber crystals come more up in the books than they do in, like, the visual media. Yeah, and in the video games, especially Knights of the Old Republic, because that's the what powers your lightsaber. Yeah, but, like, kyber crystals are organic and can sort of sense, like, mm-hmm. who's holding them, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. have... That's why they change color. I, oh, that's... Uh, just that whole, like, that detail, that lore... And the fact that Chirrut Imwe is one of the guardians. What's also neat is that he's not a Jedi and he's yes. not necessarily force sensitive, but because he's been guarding the Kyber crystal so much, he's attuned to them. And because he's blind, he can like hear their harmonic frequencies and he can hear when people are like using evil with Kyber crystals or he can hear like the harmonic frequencies of when Kyber crystals are being good. That's that spiritual stuff. Yes. For as much as Star Wars gets like political and like light and dark, you never really hear about the like religious nature of the Force. And this is sort of a look into that, which I find fascinating because with all these planets and all these different races and people, there are going to be people that don't have all the information. They're just like, I believe this is what I know. And Jared Inway is one of those. But on top of that, he's a warrior monk. He has a bow staff. He has a light bow. How does he shoot a light bow without seeing people? I'm telling you, he's he's got force stuff happening somehow. It's because he can he can hear the resonant frequencies of the force, which yeah. I think is way cooler than being force sensitive. I think well, I think and we've talked about this. This is one of my biggest gripes. Put it on Kevin's big gripe list, and I've mentioned it in this series we've been doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Is the everyone's a Jedi thing just drives me crazy? And I like that some of the writers and creators in the new Star Wars have been exploring the other ways that it's not everyone's a Jedi. Yes. Um, Filoni's been doing a really good job of that with his series mm-hmm. and stuff where, he, and you get like the, the night sisters and, and you get like these people who use the force, but aren't Jedi or, or can tap into it, but aren't using the Jedi way of doing it. Yeah. So I think the wills is in one of those attempts at that, which I like a lot because I don't know. It's it's cool to be like, oh yeah, you don't always have to be a Jedi to do cool stuff in the Force. Yeah, and like Jedi makes sense. Like if you're going through the Order and you're training and you're learning about it, and you go to school to be a Jedi, obviously you're going to have a view of the Force. But if you just experience how the Force is, like in the wild, yes, and then you build up a philosophy or religion around that, that's just rad. Yeah, I know. But I picked Chirrut Imwe mainly because of the last one of the last scenes in Rogue One, which is so cool, which is where he gets we find out his mantra is I am one with the force and the force is with me, is because 
the whole scene, like the master switch on the on the plane needs to be flipped so people can get away with the Death Star plans. And he's like, all right, I guess this is a job for me. And he starts walking through blaster fire and just, he knows his path. He's blind. How does he know what's happening? But no, it's Stormtrooper. Blaster fire's going by him. He's dodging it. He's swinging his bow staff to take out people that are charging him. And being blind, he just uses his senses and his force sensitivity and his Zamashiwu, which is the actual Star Wars name for his martial arts. Oh, wow. There's a name for it? They gave it its own name. Zamashiwu. But... He uses that, he gets the job done, and sacrifices his life to make sure that it happens. So, again, another theme. Star Wars is big on repeat themes and sort of echoes. This is another echo for Mikey. Uh, they did him dirty. I don't want I don't want Chirrut Imwe dead. I know it's a one-shot, oh, but that character is way too cool to just only be in a one-shot. So. They did everyone dirty in that movie. I mean, you kind of have to expect it with Rogue One because everybody... Whether they made that movie or not, you know how that story ends. Yeah, I know. So they were filling in a gap, and obviously it has to go one way. But yeah, oh, cheer it in way. I want you back. So you're gonna be the you're gonna be the monk on my team, and also I, I pick him on my team because I know that him and Quill from The Mandalorian are gonna have such a fun relationship, like swapping <laughs> war stories, but also like Buddhist philosophy. Uh. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear them interact with each other. Oh man, that's a great first pick. That's such a good character. Yeah, Rogue One is good. I don't. It's funny because you don't. I guess because so much attention is on the Mandalorian right now. Yep. You don't hear much about the other stuff. But I think Mandalorian being so good, if you go back to Rogue One and Solo, I think it elevates it a little bit. Like you were saying with the whole should have should it have been a Disney series instead of like because of what's going mm. on right now. Like now that Mandalorian people are accepting that non Jedi stories are cool. You, it, it adds a little bit to the Rogue Ones yeah. and, the, and, the, and the Solo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, speaking of series and speaking of someone who got did dirty but is coming back, yes, my first pick is one of my favorite characters, not only because it's a cool character, but mainly because it's played by one of our local heroes here from Plano, Texas, just south of where we are right now. <laughs> Alan Tudyk, the great wash from... Firefly and so many other things that we love played this great character, the droid, because I don't have a droid yet, K2SO. Oh, this is your first droid. That's right. So if I'm going to pick a droid, I'm picking K2SO. K2SO is uh, Cassian Andor's sidekick from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And like we said, excited that he's coming back because they're doing a Cassian Andor prequel series. Yes. So that's going to be awesome. Man, from the first time you meet this character, is it's great because it sets up the whole arc of him and Jin Erso through the whole thing. Is that she's being broken out by the rebels, mm-hmm. and but she doesn't trust anybody because of the, how she was raised, Sagara, all this stuff. She starts beating the rebels up with shovels and stuff, and then she tries to exit the transport and is quickly grabbed by K two S O, thrown to the ground as hard <laughs> as he can. <laughs> As the wind knocked out of her, and he's like, congratulations, you're being rescued. (laughs) Stop resisting. We're here to help. Yes. (laughs) And just from there, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. And then, of course, I pick so many of these comic relief characters because I just, I love this kind of comic relief. No offense to your buddy Jar Jar Binks, but that's more of the slapsticky kitty comic relief. I like this kind of like sarcastic, solo kind of... The quippy, the snarky, yeah. yeah. Lando's got it too. There's a <laughs> lot of you know. There's a lot of these guys. Shriv, who I picked, has it. 
you know, even Rio's got it. But K2SO is great with it because Alan Tudyk, who we love, just his delivery is just so perfect, so him. There's certain actors, I don't understand what it is. They just have that it factor where they can infuse enough of themselves in a character that it doesn't bump you. Mm -hmm. But he has, I mean, I'm going to elevate Alan Tudyk to a higher level right here. I think he has that Tom Hanks quality where you can sit there and you can watch. You you know that's Tom Hanks. Oh, yep. But no, it's also Forrest Gump. And no, also it's Captain John Miller. And, you know, no, it's also Sully. It's also, <laughs> he plays captains a lot now that I think about it. He's right. also a captain on the, the Somali pirate one. What was the name of that movie? Captain Phillips. Yeah, see? Captain yeah. Phillips. He was Captain Saving Private Ryan. He was <laughs> Captain Sully. And, that's it. Man. He was, and he's all, isn't he? He's also a captain in that, in that, that destroyer, that World War II destroyer movie that just came out, yeah. Greyhound or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Tom Hanks just likes being in charge. I guess he, <laughs> he likes telling people what to do. Oh, anyway, tangent. Uh, so anyway, we're talking about K2SO though. And we're talking about Tom Hanks because I think Alan Tudyk has that quality where it's like, you know, that's Alan Tudyk there. Absolutely. But it's also that character. It's K2SO. K2SO becomes part of him and he becomes part of K2SO. So what is K2SO? He's a cool droid that was reintroduced. And this is kind of one of those things that happens where they killed everyone in Rogue One because people are like, well, where, where was everyone in the <laughs> things? But, but then they're fine with introducing this droid that you never see in any of the other stuff. Yep. You know, it's like, here's an Imperial droid, an Imperial security droid, but never mind that you never saw him on the Death Star or anywhere else. I think that's the rule of the droid. It's like, don't pay too much attention to him. They may come back, but also just leave him in the background. Yeah. So K2S is an Imperial security droid. Kind of, it seems like he's kind of modeled after a lot of the prequel type of droids in a lot of ways. He fits into the Star Wars droid models of of assassin battle type droids. Yeah, he's got the same sort of like at least presence and stature of like yeah. an IG battle droid type yeah. stuff. It's a KX series security droid created for the Empire. Now, I don't know, I didn't do much research onto the KX series security droids, but I know from a lot of my deep reading into comic books and books and stuff is that these security droids and stuff were often more often used by private companies, private parties and stuff, because all that technology from the prequels existed. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Empire kind of shunned it because they had clones and then they had stormtroopers. And because they were fighting against droids, they kind of became a human centric. And, and the droids also, the droids, most of those Trade Federation guys were alien planets. Yep. By the way, if, if you didn't know, that's kind of why the Empire is human centric almost racist in a lot of ways is because they just fought a war against aliens running droids. That's it. So aliens and robots, they're no good. Yeah. Get them out. Yeah. Uh, so, but all that technology still existed and of course they're going to use it. So a lot of private companies had security droids and stuff like that. So I'm thinking that this was probably a droid made for that kind of thing that the Galactic Empire got a little contract with and on certain facilities where they didn't have enough manpower. Mm -hmm. Hey, we'll use these droids. It's okay. Not a big deal. That's how my head can explains why there aren't any on the Death Star or anything, because they only use them in limited capacities in certain areas. 
And it kind of explains the snark of at least K2SO because like he's if his if he spent most of his droid life like doing private security for rich nudie people, like <laughs> I'd be a little annoyed too. Be like, stop, you're being rescued. <laughs> I mean, come on, get in the van. Uh, but anyway, he was an Imperial droid. Uh Cassian came. There's a whole um comic book, I think, that talks about this that I didn't see, but I think that they might forget about the comic book because I I have a I have a feeling that the Cassian Andor series might show i don't see why they wouldn't show him getting k2so wiping k2so's memory it seems like a easy way to get a whole bunch of episodes <laughs> done absolutely early here's a fun twist though that uh, our buddy brad that does our intros and i were having we were talking about k2so and the weird thing is that alan tudyk on social media has said they haven't talked to him about casting andor series yet i think that's a ploy I think that's Alan Tudyk being snarky, little sneaky, tricksy little Alan Tudyk because like K2SO is going to show up in like episode five. It's like a reveal, you know, like, oh, that's the droid we know. Probably. And so he can't give it away. Yeah. But it's such an interesting twist. Like he should be in that series, but Alan Tudyk's like, nope, they haven't called me. And I'm like, oh, you're being tricksy. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think that they're probably going to, because he finds them, he reprograms them and then uses them in the Alliance. So. It's a great thing to have because you can use them to get into Imperial facilities, which they do. Mm-hmm. It would have really helped in the Mandalorian for them to have a droid like that when they went into that <laughs> facility, you yeah, know, absolutely. but they had to go get MIGs and stuff. But also MIGs is on my crew, too. So I got a couple, bunch of former Imperials happening to. Technically, Wedge is a former Imperial, too. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a theme. I didn't know. <laughs> but... K2S is such a cool character. I've said so many cool lines because Alan Tudyk, is, you can give him these great lines. And one of my favorites is, is when they finally make it onto that facility and he comes across another one of him, his model droids. Yeah. And, you know, he uses him to get the, the map out of him for the facility. And then Jin shoots one of the droids and, the, and he's like, did you know that wasn't me? And, you know, she's like, yeah, of course. But I just I love the way she delivers it, and I love the and then the cool thing is that I, I just love how Alan Tudyk is there in the he's in a mocap suit, but he's not there as the droid model. Yep. But you get all the feeling just from the way he says it and the way he performs because he is kind of puppeteering that uh, model because he's in a mocap suit. Yep. But you you totally get that he's like. I think you would have shot me, you crazy lady. Why is a droid getting offended? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he has that kind of persnicketiness that C3PO has, but is capable. So that's kind of what I like. Cause I don't mind. See, I've always had a sweet spot for C3PO as a character, but he's useless. (laughs) He really is. He can, yeah, he's not mobile. He's like, he's Uh a disjointed action figure. Yeah. But K2SO is definitely not useless. He's strong. He's got all his security programming, and he's ultimately selfless. Uh, he sacrifices his own life, I guess. Droids have a life, right? Mm-hmm. To to get the mission done, is willing to take out Imperials, lock down everything, and then do a last Custer's last stand type thing to make sure that the mission gets done. And apparently, it's strange to me. Uh, I don't. I guess it must be revealed in a book or something because it's not obvious in the movie. I don't know if they did a novelization of this book or not, but apparently he runs a simulation in his head while he's sitting there and getting shot all those times. He runs a simulation in his head where Cassian Andor and Jyn Erso get away, and it makes him like die happy. 
it's almost like a Doctor Strange, like he sees all the possible outcomes yeah. and he knows the one that, that works. Yeah. So, and because he has droid programming, he can actually literally fool himself because he runs a simulation. I'm like, then I was like, man, I wish I could do that with stuff. <laughs> yeah, you just sit there for 10 seconds and see like, let me run through all the algorithmic possibilities. Okay, I'm going to choose this one. Yeah, I'm going to choose this one, delete all the other ones. So I'll believe that this one happened as I die. There you go. How cool is that? Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's just basically Alan Tudyk in a robot form. Yes, I'll take that. A, sar- crew. a sarcastic, loyal droid. Awesome. So our crews are shaping up. Well, we only have one left, right? To pick someone from the sequels. Sequels is it for our team. We do have to pick their villains and the ship they're on. But yes. as far as filling out our team, there is only one spot left. So, so far, I have Wedge and Tilly's, Shriv Shur Gav, Migs Mayfeld, Kit Fisto, Boba Fett, and now K2SO. Oh, that's shaping up real nice. Uh, for me, I have Chirrut Imwe that I just picked. I got R2-D2. <laughs> See, I think R2 would say all the things like K2SO would, but it just happens to come out in bleeps and whistles. He does. I love the I love the subtitle ones where they put in the swears that he's saying, where he talks like a... <laughs> have you ever seen those? He talks like a sailor. I haven't, but that sounds amazing. It's out there somewhere. Someone's done some things, and it fits with what C-3PO is saying back to him and stuff. Okay. But he kind of talks like Sam Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that that makes perfect sense. <laughs> That's why it's all bleeped out. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, from the prequels, I picked Sebulba. From TV, I picked Quill. Uh, Arvel Krynid from video games. And then from books and comic books, I picked Quinlan Voss, the old Jedi, bringing him back. Cool, yes. So those are all our picks. And there's a pizza here. Dun, dun, dun. What's on it this time? Live in person. Cheese <laughs> and pepperonis. And hyperdrive fuel. Gross. Coaxium. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Emphasis Nest Deliveries. This got here fast. (laughs) Swoop bike delivery. (laughs) Those things are so cool. I like swoop bikes. And the the mobile like storage garage unit for it. That's hilarious. Yes, it's great. Easily could have been my number one pick, but Alan Tudyk, sorry. I think you're great, Aaron Kellerman, and I think you're great, Emphasis Nest, but Alan Tudyk in a robot form. Got to go with the local boy, too, representing our hometown. (laughs) Yep. So our pizzas here means we're done with the podcast. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. I say this every week. Our numbers have been really good. But who are you all? Please talk to us. Hit us up on our social medias. You can uh, you can hit us up at Assuming Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or most active on Instagram because it's the most fun one. Pictures. Everyone seems nice there. Yep. No one gets really political. Uh, um, you can also, if you want to send us a letter, uh, you can send us an electronic mail at assumingpositions at gmail.com. Every week I ask Mikey how <laughs> how I want it, how he wants it to come in. I think last week you picked like a bounty hunter. Um, yeah, a bounty hunter missive. Uh, yeah. yeah, like the, the wrist guard pit boy stuff. Uh, so what, what would be a solo Rogue One message? Oh, Guardians of the Wills. Send me a Force-sensitive, like, warrior monk telepathic message (laughs) in Gmail form. So figure out how that works, but that's that's what I want. Oh, yes. So we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please continue to share it with your friends. We hope you guys have a great week. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing announcing Not Scott Production for Equipment Jazz Jazzar for music. We hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will see you next week with our picks from... The sequels. Dun, dun, dun. We are one with the force and the forces with all of us. Yeah. Aww. <laughs>
that's kind of sweet. We should start a Will's church. I get to guard the crystals. <laughs>